Thanks for joining the Golf Underground. Now, the Golf Underground is made possible by Mariner Wealth, helping you navigate your financial future. Star Companies KC. Experience a more energy-efficient and comfortable home with Star's insulation services. Cowell Insurance, providing brokerage and risk management services for over 25 years. Sano Orthopedics, care plans backed by research and clinical results, tailored perfectly to individuals' needs. Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia, where you'll score a double eagle on your next car or truck. Sheridan's Unforked, eating good and feeling good. Lewisburg Ford, nobody sells more F-150s than Lewisburg Ford. And Celebrity Greens, put a custom PGA caliber putting green in your backyard for the ultimate golf experience. Now, on to the program. ESPN Kansas City presents Golf Underground with Kevin Ward and Brian Sullivan. Hey, welcome to Golf Underground ESPN Radio back in the stable. It's been a uh, two or three weeks since we've all been together. We had to get George from the uh, big stage, Blue Hills, for the Corn Ferry event, the Advent Health Extravaganza. And George, it was amazing to me because um, I was on my second vodka and my back was turned to the television and someone said, wasn't George just here? And you were up there on the on the screen. You yeah. got there. Was it a helicopter that to, they flew I you in? I had to be at the baseball stadium by, I think I left at 640. I had to be there for the first pitch and I made it. I can't believe I that. I made it. 705? Well, 710 from uh, Blue Hills through the all the way to the parking lot. Thank God there was a bad crowd. I didn't have to wait at the gate. <laughs> Just zoomed right to the thing, took the tunnel into the stadium, and was right there, right on cue. That had to take I less, was nervous. I less was really than 20 nervous. minutes. That had to be less yeah, than 20 minutes. I would say 18 to 20. <laughs> like, hey, I mean, 20. no lie. It was, yeah. I swear to God, I went up, had, had a drink, and I'm like, how the hell did you get <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it was I mean the guy's just he's he's so busy you'd think he'd be less busy in retirement well we did keep him a little later we did keep him we we should have got a little tardy start shocker that was that was their problem not ours well we're early today what was that problem didn't they have a band or something playing and going let's go might have been because there was 12 people there and they were hopefully waiting for the crowd to show up to start yeah well maybe had we started um our pod, people would have showed up a little earlier. It's very true. Even though they couldn't hear us with the audio. It was absolutely horrible. But we had a blast. We had a great a time. We had a great time. It was bad audio, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was I just tragic. think you got to do... Live and learn. Yep. More, we got to do boiler room settings like here at the uh, Golf Underground Studios and just, you know... Yeah, then when some idiots talking while during the show, you can yell at them. Well, and our you know our guest uh, Hillier over here, he, I mean, he almost broke down. He got really nervous. It was, you know, we asked him a couple questions. He started panicking, and he's pretty good on a golf course on Fridays. But he acted like it was maybe a Saturday, um, verbally, <laughs> should I say? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not great talking in front of people, but I thought I did a I'm pretty kidding. good job. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> all right, so um, George, did you caddy this weekend at all? I caddied Thursday for Kevin. I had a uh, tournament at Mission Hills Country Club uh, with Mike Gillig. We were the defending champions. Shocker. I had to play in it with him. Uh, he signed us up months and months ago. And as a result, it was the same weekend as it was Friday, Saturday tournament. And uh, Kevin's tournament, the Watson Challenge, was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I caddied one day, and it was the worst exhibition of golf I had ever seen. By Kevin. Thanks. Yeah, Charlie could have beat him. That's how bad he played. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, Charlie did golf. I did beat him. I did beat him. 
All right, as his caddy, um, what did you see? Uh, not tournament ready. I mean, the first hole, he stripes it right down the middle. He's about 90 yards out, and he misses the green by about two inches. Uh, second foot. hole, yeah, he hit a good chip, short-sided himself, chipped it to a foot. Uh, next hole, long par five, hits it in the right rough, lays up in the right rough. Didn't really have a shot, and the rough was pretty thick, and we yeah. had all that rain, too. I know, it's you know? thick everywhere. He made a good up and down there. Three, I think he made par, four birdies, and then, you know, just kind of seven's the par three. The water's really not even on play. He hit it in the water, and then the next <laughs> oh, no. hole, he hits a great drive, and he, he did make a great four, though. Made a uh, good chip and a, and a pretty good putt. Great putt. And he gave it the fist pump, man. He Ooh. gave it the old... Well, I mean, it was yeah. early in the week. It was a round saver. Yeah. Wow. And, then, and then the next hole, he drives it right down the middle, 70 yards from the green, misses the green, short sides himself left. Next hole, he hits it 100 yards from the green, right rough. Hits it in the bunker, short right. And then, and then it's a two-tier pin and, you know, two-tiered green. The yeah. pin's way on the bottom, and it was... It was a it was a plugged lie, and he hit a great shot. A bear almost came back down, rolled all the way up, three putted for six, and then all of a sudden there was very little conversation the rest of the way. <laughs> I, I just that. let him grind. Uh, I said, "You know, I'm just going to do it." Snap hook, three drives coming in, and uh, it's pretty big, pretty high on my game. Yeah, <laughs> you were only four over. I mean, I would would have thought he was shot a ninety eight based on what you're telling me. You were four over, right? I'd be happy. It felt like a million. It did. It felt like a million for the caddy too. Jeez. So you just back off. He lightened the bag. Point. He lightened the bag for me. Wasn't bad. It was a tough walk because it was so wet. So, uh, Wardo, um, what advice might you give your caddy? I mean, did he have any? Um, I think he did. Any just, stake in he this? did just fine. He who did who caddied the next two days? Uh, Mike Jenkins. Mike did a oh, great job right. too. I um, just didn't hit hit it where I was looking a lot of the time and um, struggled to get it in the hole. So that's the difference. And again, uh, there's so many scoring clubs and opportunities um, for at, a, at a Indian or a lot of these courses, and it's just the best wedge player and best putter that week's going to win. The course did hold up more than I thought. I thought the winning score is exactly on par with what I thought it would be, but I thought the scores overall, there'd be more guys under par. So yeah. that's kind of my my review of the week. Was it the rough? Because the rough... The rough it, was pretty thick, and it was wet. You know, we got a ton of rain all week. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was the rough was tough. What's that thing like? Tell me about for someone who hasn't been to this Watson Challenge, right? Certainly people around the, the country are listening to this right now. Um, well, I think it's 32 players all from Kansas City. No, there's 49, I think. Oh, 49? Yeah. That's what I said, 49. Yeah, 49. Players, and um, I don't know. It's the high school kid we played with one day in Otto, and I don't know how he got in. Otto had a qualifier, a local qualifier at Indian Hills with some of the other junior players, and he won that. That's how he got in. Okay. There's a handful of exemptions that Tom gives out. Um, he gave one to a, a, a lady that's a teaching pro here in town, which is which was kind of cool, as well as um, gave one to Chance Wrinkle, who comes here to the stable. So it's pretty the young fun. Kid, the young kid yeah. who we interviewed many years ago. Oh, yeah. Who made all the whole ones. Yeah. At, um, he, he, we actually tied for the week, so that was the big thing. No he, way! He really wanted to beat. And he's 13? He's uh sophomore in high school. No, he's 16. 16. Yeah, 16. Boy, that's unbelievable. 
He's come a long way. All right, so what, what, just curious about this. What, what advice would you give yourself? Like, as you go away from this thing, because you're like an analyzer, right? You look at the mental side. You look at your golf swing. You got you know, you, you to coach yourself up. How do you do that? Um, I think for me, it's just, I don't think, I think for most weeks, this week was a little different. Most weeks, I'm going to hit it good enough, you know, or be happy with the ball striking and, Again, the the short game is the differentiator within 120 yards of the green, and that's just where my game right now isn't where it needs to be. It's a little rusty, and so, and then a little bit of that. Once you see a couple putts go in, then they all start falling. So that was just my week where a lot of burning burning edges and not playing that great. Well, and our boys, um, our locals, Woodland and Higgs, both missed a cut again at the oh. Memorial. What's going on? Higgs had it, I think, an 81 or an 82 on. Did you see how hard that place was playing, though? Yeah. It's a hard golf course. Memorial? Yep. Memorial, yeah. What was the winning score? 15. Well, that's not playing that hard. <laughs> Somebody shot the, under. the Knicks was 9 or 10, yeah. and then 6 Oh, that's and right. Seven. Horschel. Horschel had... Uh, right. I mean, he didn't have a bogey the last round. Well, and somebody said... Um, or, or somebody shot 70 yesterday, and for a while, that was the low score of the day. And so, but back to the, back to his, the point about analyzing, I mean, he'd made everything inside 10 feet. Who, the guy who won it? Horschel, especially the last round. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, it's the great equalizer. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't hit it that great. He played, I watched a handful of the holes, but he didn't hit it that great. He just managed it with the lead. Well, and that's what he said when he got off and he had to do the traditional shake the hand of the king yeah right? and uh you know i just wanted to manage the golf course you know and put it in the center to green and all the pleasantries you yeah. know had it all but, but i want to go back to the uh, watson because our boy over here he was right in the hunt our boy charlie hill you're straight from new zealand and part of the stable let's just say this the stable had a very good weekend all right they, now part of being a great leader is is watching the, the folks who you coach become amazing champions. And what place did you come in in this Watson Challenge? Fourth. Fourth. And what was your score, final score? Uh, minus three. You shot that the first day, didn't you? Correct. Did you behave yourself during the week? Yeah. Thursday night you did? Yep. Friday night you did? Uh, Wednesday night got a little out of hand. But um, other than that, Kevin and I were pretty good. Total was out of town, so... That's what that's Lots what concerned documentaries me. Documentaries and uh, watching shows and uh, to go food, so it pretty was, boring. It was your brother's birthday, Secluding. on Saturday night. Oh. So that was after we were done. Oh, you were already done, mm-hmm. right? So physically, how do you feel right this minute? Right now, yeah, uh, fighting a two day hangover just a little <laughs> bit. I just had a little bit of a ginger beer, so sit on Birdie drank it. Until <laughs> yeah, Birdie tipped it on the floor. Uh, is that the first Watson challenge you've played in? No, I played in the one last year too. And how's your game now compared to what it was a year ago? Um, well, I shot 76 the first round last year, so kind of shot myself in the foot um, the first round. Where um, was it at last year? The National, the you National? caddied. You no. were there. <laughs> um, then shot 65. memorable. 68 right. or something like that. And that was kind of – those two rounds kind of turned me into a pretty good summer. I qualified for a – Corn Free event in Wichita and played some good golf other than that. Um, golf's been kicking my ass lately, so. So um, our last show was before you teed it up in the Corn Ferry. Yep. How did it feel playing with some, some of those guys? 
Um, I've I felt I obviously I shot seventy nine the first round, but I feel right at home with those guys. I played with those guys in college. Um, they've just played well at the right time. And, um, no, I felt very comfortable. There was obviously a lot of outside stuff going on with parents showing up that morning and um, kind of a lot of emotions. But yeah, I felt right at home. I've played one in Wichita and I was a lot more comfortable this time around than I was last time. So what does it take to, to get to a level where you can stay there? Um, either through the, you know, one of the Latin America tours or the Canadian tours or playing well at Q school. Um, and then a couple of guys have done it through Mondays and winning and top 25ing, which is kind of the hard road, but some guys try and do it. What do you see when you, when you're out there with the corn fairy guys and you know, you have guys like Wade who battled, right? By, by the way, Wade had a hell of a, he right? came in Great second, week. came yeah. in, Came in second, and the difference oh, between the third. Let's hold out. Oh, let's yeah, Well, yeah, yeah. you guys are talking um, uh, Cooper. Yeah, he came in. The second guy that we yeah. played with, he won it, right? Correct. But he's a college guy, so he couldn't take the money. Ooh. So he's the champion. Litzig beat uh, Wade. Uh, chipped in from seventy yards on the last hole for Eagle to beat no. him by one. One hopped, one hopped dunk. No Wade's way. sitting there. You know, Wade, our friend. Yeah. He's getting married in like two weeks. Yeah. He could have used the ten grand a lot more than Litzig could, you know. Oh no! God, chipped it, it in from seventy yards out, right in the hole. One hop, didn't well, even just slam dunk. What do you oh. think? What that cost him? Uh, five, co- gra- five, five grand. grand. That it cost him five grand. So yes, he was one in front with Litzig having a weird shot on the last hole. Oh my god! But then he dunks it and. First place was ten grand, and second place was five grand. Yeah, so yeah. it cost them five grand. What do they do with the ten grand that was supposed to go to the winner? They give they it give to, it to Litzig. Yeah. Oh, so he got the. Oh, all right. So yeah, the Litzig got is, the cash. The purse is basically the pros, and then they have an amateur pro shop credit. And then yeah. the other thing that's unique and cool is the um, the winner gets the spot or a sponsor to invite to next year's Corn Ferry here. Oh, nice. But I think there's going to be a conflict on the KU schedule. Because the Corn Ferry events during regionals. Oh, really? So, what what year is this kid who won it? Junior, I think, but maybe he has a COVID year, so I'm not real caught up with all that stuff. So. And the crazy thing about it, they were in Arizona. The team was in Arizona when I was out there, so I went out and watched them play a practice round at Silverleaf. The whole team they bring six guys, only five play. So let's say the five guys play, and the first day Coop didn't play, second day didn't play. Really. Third day didn't play. Never played one match. No way. Yeah, and then he, he and I asked him when he was like three or four under. I said, "Boy, don't you wish your coach would have played, put you in now?" Uh, I I said, "Don't you think your coach thinks that you sh- he should have put you in?" What do you? And think? he said, "I came here with something to prove." Oh, I like that. And he ended up shooting what 11, 11 under thirteen. 13 under. 13 under. 13 under. Oh, that guy's got to be kicking himself. Yeah. Yes. So he is. But, but it's, a, it's a shorter course where they play out there. Greyhawk gets long and it's just a different course. You know, here yeah. you got double fairways and. Right. You know, you, you watch the kid play. He's a good player, but you don't walk away going, man, that guy's awesome. You know? Yeah, but that's. But he just said. keeps it in play. He can make putts. He can get up and down. He just plays golf. Well, George looked at me on the 17th hole the first day and he goes, he saw the leaderboard. He goes, he's five under? Yeah. And didn't I even go, know it. I didn't even know it. Really? Yeah. Yep. What rank is he at in Kansas? Six. Six. He's, he he's is been, six? He's been 
in and out of the lineup. Um, they didn't have William Duquette in the full, so he played a lot um, in the spring. I think it's been pretty competitive, which is different for KU golf. So, And so um, your brother Harry ranked yes. – what's his ranking on KU? Was uh, he was, he was number one. He was number one, and he came out of the gates hot. Did you see him down there when he was leading? I didn't see that. I looked the second day, and I just saw 11 over, and it was 11 over – or 13 over, but it was how many over on the second day? 13. He, he 13 shot, over. Well, yeah, it was 83. I thought he, he was 11 he over. He shot 13 over the second day. <laughs> and he was, what, four under the first day? Two under. Two under. And then the last day, he got a hole in one. 235 yards, six iron. Can you imagine what he would have shot without a hole in one, George? And, well, you know Zank. You <laughs> know Zank, 85. right? You remember Zank? Yeah. Zank's wife was there, Julie. First hole, she walked up. Pardon me? The first hole, she walked up. I, I didn't say anything to Harry the night of... You know, when he shot 83, you, yeah. you don't really want to be pip-talked when you yeah, right. hit it 83 times. But um, I texted him in the morning and said, hey, Julie's coming out to watch you today. Do it for Zank. First hole, she walked up. I gave her a hug. We walk up to the green. He hits it, and everyone's like, what's – and he does his kind of little pose deal where he kind of puts the club yeah. in his pocket. And I'm yeah. like, he likes it. One hop. In the hall. No First shit. hole that Julie Zancanelli saw. And he had a Z on his ball marked as Z. No he, way. Harry used to call Ooh, him just Coach Z. Um, so he had CZ on his golf ball. No way. And made the hole in one and gave the ball to Julie. Ah! Is, is that a great story? That's awesome. Yeah. Holy cow. He made six on that hole the day before. Did he, at that time, go find her and give her the ball or at the end of the round? Yeah, we were all standing up by the green. No shit. Got, gets the ball out of the hole, walks over. Gives it to Julie. Ah, well, you know what Zanks would have said to him that day. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing, right? <laughs> you know, Zanks, he'd be like, well, you're sucking. What the hell, Jimmy? Can't you shoot a better score than that? Jesus, yeah. look at that. I don't care about your hole-in-one. Take your freaking ball, stick it up your ass. Score, start scoring. <laughs> right? that's, that's what Zanks would have done, right? All right, let's do this like a uh, short commercial break. Uh, there was also something else going on this weekend, George. It was the U.S. Stuff. The US Women's Open. Now didn't, we don't. I didn't hear anything about it. All right, we don't often talk as, about. As, as usual, I have no notes for this show. I I came very unprepared as usual. Well, so did the the two guys uh, next to you. But uh, you remember our boy Drew Hinesley? Uh, yes. Uh, we're going to call him in. He was um, he was caddying there at the U.S. Women's Open. He's he's just got a little inside scoop for us. He's driving from the U.S. Open up to New Jersey for a tournament this weekend. I say, hey, what if we call in and give you a little, you know, give us a little update? So, right. Um, so we're right. I to love a, this guy. I think he's great. Yeah. So uh, we got Drew Heinz. So he's caddying. caddying. He's not working for the tour anymore, doing his, well, I think he's. We'll uh, find out here in a minute, yeah. he, I, he still does that too. Yeah. Yeah. But right now he's on the bag of a, a Filipino girl who um, also Top shot 83 on day, I think on the Saturday. So come on back. You're going to go off underground ESPN Radio. Got me. Hey, Brian Sullivan here, and I've got a tip for you. You've got to head to Unforked. It's an amazing restaurant. What I like about these guys is they promise to buy and support seasonal, local ingredients first. And I love the fact that they source from smaller, family, GAP-certified, or organic farms, prime-going regions, artists and producers. All I'm getting at is, if you like fresh stuff, Unforked is the place to be. And like they say it, fork or no fork, you can be sure you're getting the highest quality, socially responsible ingredients possible. And not to mention, it's delicious. So whether you're out south or downtown, stop by Unforked for a delicious and healthy meal. Sheridan's Unforked. Honest, clean food. 
Cowell Insurance Services is your leading program administrator for workers' compensation. They're dedicated to meeting the unique challenges of the insurance industry and assisting employers in reducing their costs. CIS has provided insurance claim and loss control services to various industries, including trucking, construction, retail convenience stores, and healthcare, as well as public entities for over 30 years. They work with both retail agents and industry clients, or a combination of the two. If you're tired of fighting the rising costs of premiums and claims, give Cowell Insurance Services a call. Their dedicated staff is ready to find you the best insurance option at the most competitive price. They can help to define or enhance your safety program in order to move you in the right direction in reducing your claim and premium costs. Contact Cowell Insurance Services today, 816-214-4070. Hey, Brian Sullivan from the Golf Underground here with a little good news. And that good news is that even double-digit handicappers like me can occasionally make a double eagle. All right, maybe not on a golf course, but even guys like me can score when buying a new car or truck. I'm talking about two stores, two brothers and four generations, treating customers just like family. I'm talking about our buddies at Bobsite Ford and Bobsite Independence Kia. With these guys, you'll always score two under with double the inventory and double the customer satisfaction. That's the Bobsite Double Eagle. Now, Bobsite offers a wide selection of vehicles and promise to make the car buying process as quick and as hassle-free as possible. Now, whether you have poor credit, no credit, or maybe a first-time car buyer, you can trust Bobsite Ford. And Bobsite Independence Kia will get you into the car or truck you choose with professionalism and attention to your needs. So go visit our buddies at Bobsite.com, but only if you're looking for a vehicle that makes you feel like a... Welcome back off Underground ESPN Radio uh, in the stable. It's like a family, family occasion here. George uh, is a little tired tonight. Bailed, it's bailing on the Royals game. Wardo, you're, um, I like your enthusiasm level around your new puppy. What's your dog's name? We got Bird Nation here. Yeah, birdie Blue. Birdie? That's birdie no Birdie. Blue. Yeah, that's Birdie. Is it a Rottweiler? No, she's a Cane Corso. little Italian Mastiff. Aren't you, Bird? Where'd you get her? We got her from uh, on Super Bowl Sunday when the Chiefs were not playing. We got her, um, we drove to freaking Cincinnati to get her. Why? Because that's, I don't know. Because the last time, the last dog, we shipped her here and we went and drove to Cincinnati. Why didn't you just get like a little scumbag over at Wayside Waves? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A rescue dog. Th- this is what that married. needs a home. Because right. this is what married life is like, spending money on just Anything and everything. You need a purebred. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So we and we got Harry Hill or Harry Hillier, who um, he may be uh, taking my my daughter out to a <laughs> a date uh, this, this weekend. Um, Harry's a uh, number one golfer at the University of Kansas uh, team, and and I you know I I think he was making a move on her over Snapchat maybe a year ago, and of course she fell in love, and um, that didn't work out. Harry, I think he found a little gap now, and. Um, <laughs> So it's the only gap you find, Harry, because she is my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so there's a big date coming up. Harry, come here. Come here. Come on in. Who was the gal the other night, Harry, that was at your birthday party? Oh, you're talking about George. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You keep going. Answer what, the question. What was the... Who was, who was that? Was that just a, a Tinder hookup or a whatever they call it? No, no, that things? was Sarah. She's a rock talk dancer at KU. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you dating her? No. So you're going from a dancer at KU to a golden girl from old uh, Missouri. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you only date hot dancers? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very good at this stuff. All right, so let's interview him. So if you, if you were the parent and you would interview Harry and he was potentially going to date your daughter, what kind of questions would you ask him? So, uh, son, what are you, you going to do for a living? I am now in the real world. I graduated from KU. Spent five what did you graduate there. in? What, what did you take? Uh, what was your major? Liberal arts and sciences. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> so then, what, uh, is that, what does that allow you to be? Anything I want. Anything you want? <laughs> was that, a, was that a, a, like a, a, a favorite of all the golfers, a major at KU? Was, Liberal yeah, arts? Yeah, it's either yeah. that or, or underwater basket well. weaving is a yeah. popular one. <laughs> what was your major there? Uh, general studies is another Same thing. One. Same thing. General studies, liberal arts and sciences. I did get a grad certificate. In entrepreneurship. Okay, well, that's good. Well, yeah, it helped me stay in the country. Chuck's an entrepreneur. He's bringing all the entrepreneurial spirits here to the stable. That's why he's just crushing it. All right, so, uh, Wardo, you're, you're up next. What kind of question would you ask? Because someday you'll probably have a little girl. Um, I wouldn't really ask too many questions when he came to pick her up. I'd just come to the door with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and say, what say, time? Oh, uh, curfew's at midnight. Yeah. And be midnight, cleaning your shotgun. Light. I like that. But it's Harry. You know, if I show up with a shotgun, I'll also be butt-ass naked. <laughs> right? So it'll be conflicting stories, yeah. right? You imagine just my little gut hanging out, you know, my AK. Amazing. Like, huh, right? All right. How about you? You're his brother. You've known him longer than anyone. You know he's a good clean, clean cut boy. And if you had a sister, would you allow your sister to date someone like Harry? Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and please tell me why. I mean, I should probably know. Oh, uh, we've got time. <laughs> yeah. George has to go to the game now. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess being his brother, I'm kind of his secret keeper too, and it's just... I, <laughs> is, yeah, no, I'm pretty good at... I'm pretty good about not pissing in my own backyard, um, getting too close to home, um, and... You know, I'd probably value your relationship with him more than. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember in Arizona this winter, he came over to the house. He stayed at the house for a couple of days with his ex girlfriend, and I really liked her because her family had a plane. <laughs> I think that's a prerequisite now. Really, if you, your parents have a plane. That's automatic. That's that's really good. What if I? But, uh, but they got a little tipsy, and uh, he was dancing in my kitchen, drinking some white wine, and he started pouring the white wine over his head, all over it, ricochet <laughs> off his head, roll off that big nose of his, and it'd go all <laughs> over the floor. And I got up in the morning, I had to mop the kitchen floor. There was you like were, half a bottle of wine spilled on the floor because he's <laughs> dancing, he's dancing, and he's just pouring it over his head. Did Bob not get there in time to clean it up in the morning? <laughs> Sully, I got why? some advice. Why'd you do that? That's not totally true, George. Well, what? Was, were you pouring there, wine over your head, yes or no? Not half a bottle, but yes, there was wine going over Okay, my head. it was half a glass. Oh, come on. Half a glass. Come on. So good. Sully, I got some advice for you. Okay. When he's going, the day of the date, I'm guessing he's going to text you and say, hey, hey, Sully. Um, can you Venmo, Venmo me five hundred dollars? My advice to you is say no. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think this is like that show, Ninety Day Fiance. I, you know, I just he, he might just um, be using the Sullivan family. And you know not for our Jack. I got a question George. for Harry. 
Yeah. Perry, if you take her out on a date, where are you going to take her and what are you going to do? I don't know. You're going to take her to dinner. You're going to take her to see Top Gun. It's going to be dinner. It's are you going to see Top Gun? Are you going to maybe d- uh, dinner and a movie? I don't know. Those are some great ideas. See, the new Netflix and chill is a little different to how you do it. You did it, George, back in your day. It was going to a movie. Yeah, that ne- was a Netflix, big, night, big date. Netflix and chill is where you just bring them over to the apartment and maybe drink a bottle of wine hey. and see how it goes. A little scoop okay. <laughs> You're, Hey, there'll be no Netflix. I well, shut the account off. Hey, you should too. Hey, Sully, I hope Harry's around for uh, Christmas time. We can buy him an ornament for his nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is horrible. This is this, this like a little roast. So, yeah. Sully, Sully, what uh, advice do you have for Harry taking your daughter out on a date? So, um, let me see. You know, she's a simple. I raised her a simple girl you know she's not fancy you won't have to take her to prime social or any of those you know uppity you know her father um, obviously dresses like a metrosexual so i'm big on style <laughs> so that kind of tells you about her you know where i'd take her if i was you i'd take her to tassos i was Greek just food. thinking that yeah. you take her someplace different that she doesn't go you don't go it's a fun atmosphere a fun night throw some plates throw some idea. plates drink some muzo have some fried cheese Mud about the you dancer. know yell oompa yes yeah I would take her there I love that it's how, just a different atmosphere how many plates do you think you can smash on Harry's nose I'd <laughs> <laughs> run out of stock <laughs> how many could you stick up his nose <laughs> aren't you glad you came oh my God. this is so uh, see, that's you're a graduate now. We we, we could full on assault you. <laughs> oh, speaking of graduate, he was doing some great impersonations. So I think we're gonna have need to have him and Coach Bermel on the show and just let him to. I think it'd be a great live event. What so, what type of impersonations? Uh, he was just in the break. Fan, we got some good video. Fantastic of like famous people no, or just no, coach? Harry and Coach were sitting at going the end back of the table outside Tilly's at Indian Hills. And they were just going back and forth about coach how how coach thinks Harry's an idiot, and then when <laughs> Harry goes into the office and he's going to about to get his ass chewed out, he'll he had coach's glasses on, you know, snapping them up, going, you know, what the fuck, son, just it, all is one. Can, can you can you share like a thirty second version of this? No, no we're just going to no. save it. He's way too no, okay. sober. We'll say we'll make it. We'll make it. Yeah, we'll make that private. All right. Well, that's good. Hey. um, we talked a little bit about your, your gig. What, what was it like? And I'll ask you the same question I asked Charlie, right? So he's got to compare himself to folks on the Corn Ferry Tour. You're down there at the NCAA Championships. You're leading the whole country, right? I mean, you're, that's freaking pretty cool. Day one. Um, day one. Lead, I mean, that's a big deal. But um, when you look around at all those studs and a bunch of you guys are going to be going to the PGA Tour, uh, how do you think you stacked up? I mean, I don't really look into too much about other people and what they've done and stuff. I kind of stay in my lane um, like I did the first day. I didn't so much the second day, but the first day I just focus on what I control and go from there. What was so different between day one and day two? Fifteen shots. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's golf. Um, I mean... There's just certain spots you can't miss it out there, and the driver wasn't going very straight. We played in the afternoon as well, so the wind was up, the greens were firmer, the greens were kind of burning out. Yeah, I just hit it in terrible spots. Like the desert? The desert, the bunkers. Short-sided. Back, the back garden of someone's house a couple of times. 
What, who, who, was, um, who was our guest, our live event guy who you played with, the guy who hits the bombs? Brandon Matthews. Brandon Matthews. <laughs> Brandon, right? So I asked him that same question, right? So, so you know, do you look around and stack yourself up? And he, too, said, no, you just play your own game. It, it, that's got to be a little bullshit. Because, George, when you were playing baseball, you said one thing. I want to be the best player on the field. So right. for you to have that thought, it means you're comparing yourself because if you're not the best, you're everything else. Right. So, so but you have to be the best player you this? can be, and and you become the best player you are by doing what you do best and what you're capable of. You don't try to do things you're not capable of, and I think that's the problem with a lot of guys now. They try to do things they they're not capable of. If you can't, if you don't, if you're not a home run hitter, don't try to hit a home run. Just try to hit the ball hard. What have I always said? Home runs come as a result of a good swing. Mm-hmm. You know, if Charlie's. 290 yards out on a par five. I know he can hit a driver 290. If he takes out a three wood and he tries to hit a 290, it might go two fairways over. You know, who knows? But you do probably hit a three wood 290, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who hits it further? Harry or Charlie? Harry, for sure. He's younger. Retard strength. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's got some serious ball speed. It's insane. Like what? What? 190. Ooh, that's fast. Yeah. What's the average on tour? 178? We should we should no, have a comp, Sully. Your total yardage. Really? Your huh? total yardage versus his ball speed. Mm, that's close. <laughs> Am I, can I use my Nike rental seven wood? Absolutely. I get that you, know what's funny? you know what's funny, Sully? I was here one day and Wardo was up with me with my swing. He said, get your legs in. Get your legs in it, you know? You're not using your legs. Get your legs in it. You know what he tells Harry? Get your nose behind it. Get your nose behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can swear on a podcast. Get fucked. <laughs> Charlie's the one that said, get on you. <laughs> so good. That's horrible. So no, but the, hey, listen, you got to be a little proud, though. I mean, these guys. Yeah, you took them under your wing, and um, it's just fun. You honestly has made it made it fun. Like all weekend, uh, um, I was checking your Instagram, checking the, the right. You were sending. I mean, we were. We might need Instagram to have a little. Back the only thing I wasn't too too impressed with was his knowledge of the rules and the heat of the battle. Which Char- was- Charlie, he hit he hit one into a hazard on uh, a, the dogleg left fifteenth hole, and instead of. Taking a drop 200 yards up, you know, and making a five that way, he reteed. Oh, why? So, it was uh, just a bad choice. But it was it a conscientious choice? Or were you just pissed and like, screw this, I want to hit? Um, I didn't really know where it had crossed. You've obviously just hit it in the water. You've been punched right in the end of the nose. Shit's spinning a little bit. Um, and yeah, we decided to hit another ball. So, um, I was Billy Horse. I saw it go in the water, and I was gonna literally stand. Or I didn't see it go in the water, but I thought it went in the water. And I was gonna do like jumping jacks in the fairway to tell him unknown not to caller. Hit it. And it, yeah, and so it crossed about two hundred yeah. yards up. No, the reason I, I bring this up, and yeah, George, I want your sports him. psychology behind this. So this Billy Horschel, who missed the cut last week, you know. Or she goes on to to win it. He's known as a fiery, like he he gets pissed and he and he's he's he works fast. And in an interview yesterday, he said, "You know, 
today I slowed things down, hit it in the middle of the green, everything we're talking about here. He said, but sometimes I just want to get the freaking shot over with. Like I, you know, I don't want to go through this whole pre-shot routine, all that stuff. I just want to get the shot over with, yeah. right? And he said, so yesterday over the weekend, he felt it was one of the first times where he said he kind of had to fight himself, you know, instead of just getting up and poking it. And I think that happens, right? That's that's probably a perfect, a, a, a perfect example of instead of just going shit, let me just slow this thing down. And that's got to be, I mean, it, yeah. Well, they always say in sports, slow the game down. Slow it down because the game is fast. Baseball's fast. Football's fast. Basketball's fast. Those that are really good, the game plays really slow. And I'm sure golf, you got to be able to slow everything down. Well, I just came off a six-hour hit and giggle pro-am today. It was really awesome, and we we sure slowed it down today. <laughs> <laughs> you were we in sure my neighborhood. It down. Oh, you never you, you you play there more than I do. For these charity events, I'd never see you. You never let me know you're in the hood. I'd come up and say hello. So you got better things to do than go out and see a whiff and giggle on a Monday afternoon. It was packed, though. It was packed. Unknown caller. All right, so let's do this. That's our friend, uh, Drew Hinesley. He, um, he caddied the U.S. Women's Open this weekend. He's driving up again from uh, wherever the hell that was, up to, to Jersey. He's living the life of a caddy. But we never talk about women's golf, rightfully so. But maybe we're going to give it a chance. Maybe we're going to talk women's golf, George. Sounds good. Because I know you were glued to the television I saw one set. in here taking a lesson today. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sinks wow. was given a new member at Mission Hills a, a, a lesson. Well, look at that. All right. We're going to have Drew Hinesley. Pretty Come good back. swing. Golf Underground, ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian Sullivan of Golf Underground with my favorite orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kevin Witte from Sano Orthopedics. Hey, Doc, golf season's over. My back is killing me. I know it's football season, so you got a lot of kids coming in, blown ACLs, all sorts of body parts with problems. And then, of course, those baseball players. I know you fix a lot of elbows. Why is Sano Orthopedics the absolute best sports medicine orthopedic group in Kansas City? Well, if you want to see the guys in town have had the best orthopedic fellowship training in sports medicine, um, including training with Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Larry Lemack, come see us. Uh, we individualize patients' uh, plans to get them back to that activity and that sport that they love. And we actually care and listen to our patients and follow up with them make sure that they're getting the results they need okay and so the three things that separate you number one best training number two you specialize in getting people on that field number three you're actually listen where can i learn more because you got me all in and i don't really want to get fixed but it's time at sonoorthopedics.com 816-525-2840 hi this is george brent hall of fame baseball player and i've been playing golf for over 35 years Hitting the ball far was never my problem, but the closer I got to the greens, that's when my problems began. When I wanted a golf practice area in my backyard, I called Celebrity Greens. They are the industry leader in custom-built synthetic golf greens. These championship-caliber, low-maintenance greens roll great, react like real bent grass, and hold chip shots that check and spin. I absolutely love mine, not only in Kansas City, but also in Arizona. Call the pros at Celebrity Greens at 1-888-507-7960 or visit them online at CelebrityGreens.com. Practice like the pros or people like me that want to be pros right in your own backyard. The heart is a blue. Porto, 
Drew Hinesley in the house. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I just finished dinner with a very dear friend in Atlantic City. Oh, nice. Already on to the next stop. Well, you got the boys here. You got Sully, Sir George Brett, and uh, Charlie Hillier. We're just uh, mid-show reminiscing about a lot of things. And and his brother Charlie. Well, Charlie's a um, Harry. Charlie's a, a professional golfer. We Harry here was leading the NCAs for one day last week down there. At, well, well, there we go. At Greyhawk. Well, congratulations. Yeah. So, Drew, what would you tell him? The first day you shot what two under at Greyhawk, and the next day you shot thirteen over. <laughs> what would you be saying to him if you caddied for him on the first day and the second day? Now that you're super well, caddy on the LPGA. Well, you know, my player shot one under 70 on um, Friday at the U.S. Open, and then we shot 11 over 82 yesterday. So I kind of had a similar experience. What do you and, say? Uh, you what know, do you I say to them when you're walking down after they're five over? You just say golf is hard. And this is, you know, again, the game, that's why they hand out the big cardboard checks for winning because it's really hard. So keep grinding. Don't beat yourself up and focus on the next shot. The most important shot is the next one. I like it. I like it. Do, do, do you get a chance to, to talk to her like that? Yeah, maybe give us a little history. So, so well, well, let's do a little um, the background. It, it, her name is uh, Bianca, and pronounce the last name. Pagdanan is the Filipino way. As she said, the white person way is Pagdanganan. <laughs> so is her intention to be the next Kiradek Apibonrat? You know, um, that, that would be great because he is now – so well known that you pronounced his name properly. Yeah. Um, and that would be great if we got to that point. My goal is to make her a, a one name household name like a Rory or a Tiger or a Bryson or, you know, Lydia or maybe a, uh, you know, now Minji is kind of becoming a one one name household name, two majors in 11 months. That's pretty good plan. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So tell us about the experience down there. So, so, you know, you had the memorial going on this weekend, and obviously the LPGA and you well, it's just women's golf. Um, yeah, really trying to promote it. So, you not only as a caddy, but as a a fan of both men's and women's golf, how was the overall experience? At the U.S. Open, it was great. Um, it was really, really hard. I was walking around that golf course late yesterday afternoon on about the 16th or 17th hole, knowing what the leaders were going to face. And I thought, man, if, you know, if somebody up at the top of the board can shoot even and Minji stumbles, that person can win. Or if Minji shoots even, she's going to win by a lot. And that's what happened. You just knew, based on the hole locations, the way they were cut, um, when we saw that Saturday night, when we got that email, I could tell you there wasn't a 67 out on that golf course. All the front pins were downwind. And all the back pins that were running away from you were into the wind. So, you know, the guy in there that just played the NCAA, he knows when you see that kind of setup, you're just like, okay, you start telling yourself that moment, I got to be really patient. I mean, it's one of those Gary player situations. Gary said when he knew it was going to be a tough day, you know, he would eat his breakfast slow. He would drive to the course slow. He would walk slower to slow himself down to prepare for the test that awaits. And that's almost what you had to do yesterday, getting to the golf course. You just knew it was going to be hard. We bogeyed the first three holes, and we didn't hit really that many bad shots. 
It's just what a U.S. Open will do to you. If you're just slightly off, it'll expose you. And so knowing what those greens present, all the domed greens and all the runoffs and also a lot of grain, you could hit a shot. It was a pretty decent shot, but if it hit the wrong patch of grain on the ground, it would take a big bounce forward. Or, you know, if you hit into the grain to a back pin, it just wouldn't release back there like you were hoping. So you end up you end up left with a 40-foot putt that is just so hard to judge with speed because you're dealing with conflicting grains and conflicting slopes. And you're just trying to figure out, you know, when it changes grain and slope, how much is it going to start turning the other way or how much is it going to stay straight? And it's just, it's a little bit of guesswork when it comes to that. That's why what Minji did shooting even yesterday, I promise you, if you ask her caddy, Jason Gilroy, he'd tell you that even part round yesterday might've been better than her first two rounds, which put her, you know, an eight or nine under par. Gosh. Well, and how about a $1.8 million prize? Yeah. And that got everybody's attention, you know, on the LPGA tour, that's not a normal prize fund for the entire purse or for the winning check. So everybody was highly motivated, not only to make the cut, but to try to play really well. And, um, and also, you know, my player, I, you know, I really don't know what the reasoning is, but I know that when we showed up on property, she, she looked at me and said, I want to play in the U.S. Open next year because the U.S. Open's at Pebble Beach next year. And the women don't get to play there. It'll be the first time the women have ever wow. played a uh, U.S. Open there. Um, and any event for the women that's been hosted there maybe in the last, you know, 60, 70 years. So having, you know, Pebble Beach on the schedule, having uh, Oakmont on the schedule, having Marion on the schedule for the women, it's in that purse also going up. I think we're on our way with the women to a $12 million purse in the future, thanks to ProMedica and their sponsorship, it's, um, it's really starting to get, you know, to the level of the men's majors. And we're slowly approaching that equity that we have in tennis, where you have the women getting paid the same amount, the same amount of coverage, and the same amount of interest from the public. Uh, hopefully, you know, I was telling somebody today, this, uh, this whole situation with the Saudis and this live stuff that's starting this week, and the men and the fight that may ensue, that may cannibalize a little bit of the interest from the general public. I know my dad has not watched a lot of Major League Baseball since 1994, and George can tell you what happened in 94 when they went on strike in August. Right, right. And my dad had tickets to Camden Yards the day after the strike started, and he vowed to never go back to another game. And if the men start acting like they, I think they might act, you know, again, with the billionaires and the millionaires like we had this year in the offseason with baseball, the billionaires and the millionaires arguing, yeah, but Joes don't like to watch that. And if you start having that in golf, we've never really had this in golf. The women may be able to capitalize on this, both with more corporate dollars and a little bit more interest. And I'm actually going to try to see what I can do very quietly to get a little bit more of the athleticism featured. My player, obviously, is one of the longest players in the world. So, I, you know, I, I, there is some self-interest there, but... There's some really athletic women out here that can do some amazing things. And I'm sitting next to a good friend of mine who's working for a young amateur that can do some things as an amateur that some of these pros can't do with her athleticism. And I wish we would feature a little bit of that more and show, you know, they set up the grandstands at the driving ranges on the PGA Tour. They don't set up grandstands at the short game area. The old (laughs) PGA Tour has a lot of short game wizards, and that's great. But people want to see power and speed. That's why people are attracted to the NBA as opposed to the WNBA. That's why people watch baseball as opposed to softball. And so when you look at those things, if we could feature some more of the athleticism that these athletes possess, 
because it's still way beyond the average golfer that's a male, what these women can do. And if we could feature that, I mean, I stand there with a quad every day and we're looking at numbers just like some of the men are famous for doing. And we're looking at spin rate and ball speed and launch angles. And if we could start featuring that on the women's coverage like they do the men's, there might be a little bit more respect and a little bit more interest in the women's game. Well, I was very interested in the fact that Min Jae Lee, with her $1.8 million check, was able to um, to perform that way using a 45.5-degree driver. Inch? 45.5 inch. 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 Yeah, I mean inch. 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 Well, now, what's wild about her clubs, shorter. she doesn't have the same brand in her bag, right? She has different brands, different um, uh, staff uh, diff- different shafts. So so it was really cool to, I mean, do you know anything about that? Do you ever talk to her caddy about, I mean, it, it looks like my golf bag with rental clubs. Yeah, and- I, I, I've <laughs> never talked to them about their equipment setup. We had lunch with them when we were in New Jersey a month ago on Friday afternoon. And the only thing she gave us was I'm kind of dialed in right now. And I, I would say that was an understatement. Uh, I think she's lead strokes gain in every category. So yeah, she's dialed in. So that's all I really know about her game. I've never played in a group with her. So uh, everything I saw is the same stuff you guys saw in the coverage because when she was she, when she was warming up on the range, we were finishing up on the 18th green. So we weren't anywhere near her on the tee sheet this weekend, unfortunately. Let's shift gears and talk a little bit about Liv. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now with that. Give the listener a look inside of just what's what all's going on and just your overall thoughts. Well, I mean, we were actually, my friend and I, who um, has a lot of experience catting on the PGA Tour, we were talking about it tonight at dinner, and we were just surprised at a couple of names that came out. And, of course, the news that's breaking tonight with Phil Mickelson, he's going to make his appearance. Um, that's, that's obviously interesting. I think we could all say we kind of thought that was where he was going to make his next appearance based on his absence from the game uh, since he played in Saudi Arabia earlier this year. So um, it's there's some young players that I just, you know, again, you, you don't know exactly why they chose to, but to be honest, we're, we're professionals and the job is part of the job is to make money. And there's a lot of money on the line. So people in the media, they have their agendas and they can get upset, but I can tell you from my own experience, my wife said, if you get offered one of those jobs, you are free to take it because yeah. we're talking about $41,000 in event which equals over the course of the events they have scheduled $180,000 for carrying a golf bag. I don't know about you, but that would help my kids' college fund. So, so why is it such a controversy? 800000 excuse me, 800000 a year. My math, yeah. I'm a caddy and I can't do math. That's one of the reasons why my player finished T68 yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, what am I missing here? Um, you know, obviously you've got to pick a lane right now. You're either the good guys or you're the bad guys who were with the Saudis and, you know, the, I mean, it's um, – what's wrong with well, making see, I don't money? have to pick a lane. I caddy on the LPGA. Right. And what? the LPGA can benefit from this, so I'm just going to watch it all happen and sit on the sideline. What's, what's your take, Wardle? I'm just – I'm still mystified how the tour can tell Kevin Na or whomever that they're not allowed back or and the whole the whole – deal behind that i feel like well he resigned i feel like the tour is going to lose out or they're going to lose this long term um but well look at these names dj sergio nah uh louis ustes and polter our boy uh, schwartzel gone lee westwood and of course phil just today Uh, but even guys like taylor gooch who's 
really good, right? And, and so there's a lot of big names. But with Kevin Na, the reason why he resigned is because he wants to retain his PGA pension. So he said, if I make a clean break, I, 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 I didn't lose anything. So they didn't, it, it wasn't disciplinary action. He wasn't kicked out of the league. And so. Well, th- there was also a discussion between the ladies this week at the U.S. Open that maybe the resignation was so he doesn't incur a ban from the PGA Tour, therefore encouraging the USGA to also ban him from their, their Open right. for the men, which is next week. So right. maybe that was a way to still play the major and not incur a ban. Right. Yeah. Well, and look at these battles now with Greg so, Norman. So what do you Nicholas. see? What do you think will happen in a year? Are people going to be playing the Live Tour and the PGA Tour? Or do you think that they're going to really draw the line? You know, I think it's just going to be very hard for the PGA Tour to not allow a Dustin Johnson to come play. I mean, how are they not going to allow this guy to play in the Players' Championship? He's, he's a former FedEx Cup champ. If he happens to have already enough points accrued, how are they going to keep him out of the playoffs? You know, because the, the, the season has started. You've, you've earned playoff points. So can they just draw a line and say, okay, that doesn't count. We're restarting the season. You can't do that. So if he accrues enough points, he should be at Northern Trust. Don't you agree? Yeah, I yes. Could. I mean, and here's the other thing. I mean, Dustin would never do this, but the PGA. you think the PGA Tour – is going to be up in arms if he goes and plays in an APT event, <laughs> which is not sanctioned would. by he's the... Also, the, the reason I bring up Dustin is he's won over 20 times. So you win 20 times, you get a lifetime exemption on the PGA Tour. So are they going to rescind that now? You know, the closest example I can think of is, and this won't mean a lot to a lot of people, but um, indie car racing. Right, so this was the mid '90s when there was a break just like this. Right, they created this IRL league, and you had your old, you know, standard indie league that by this this guy George. And the old league stood their ground and said, "If you're going to AR, IRL, you're out." And you know what it did? It screwed both up. Right, so so now you had everyone pissed off. You had some good drivers here, some good drivers there. Precedent has been done, not only in, the, in, in racing or certainly in golf now, but um, it's been done before. People have screwed shit up. they got to talk to each other. I think the PGA is, is acting so patriarchal, you know, like we own these players and you can't go anywhere. George, uh, um, when did free agency in baseball start? Wow. Uh, early 70s? And, and early 70s? Did you know anything Kurt, about Kurt the Blood, conversations? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, did I know anything about it? What do you mean? Like, were you involved in those? I mean, obviously you weren't old at that time. I mean, you weren't, pl- you weren't playing in the no, early I, 70s. I, so. I was, I, I came up, I came up and there were some guys that were starting to change teams, uh, playing out their options. Um, I forget what year it was. I mean, I was never a free agent. You know, they have the arbitration to uh, two years or three years. And then after six years in the major leagues, you can go to any team you want. Um, I was always under contract. I always signed a five-year contract. Three years would go by, I'd sign another five-year contract, and and they were all good contracts when the sh- when you sign them. Yeah. And 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 I remember one time when I was making a million dollars a year, I said no one will ever make more than that. The next year they were making two. 
Yeah. Next year they were making three. I mean, it's just crazy how how it's evolved, you know. And and somebody told me the other day that we were talking. Somebody said that Sam's need, I think, his career earnings were two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you know. Yeah, these guys are going to well, miss the cut. Well, there's no Nicholas. cut. There's no cut in the LIV, is there, Drew? No, no cut. You're getting you're getting paid no matter what, no matter how you play. And. I- what Jack about Nichols, their sponsors? Will their sponsors stay with them? Because I know one guy uh, that said he's going over there, uh, R&B Bank, they're not going to sponsor him anymore. Yeah. So they'll just pick well, up a different it. sponsor yeah. over there, won't they? Well, they could. I mean, the lump sum they're getting takes care of a lot of that sponsorship, right? I mean, I think I saw Tigers made $121 million in his career on the course, and Dustin's just made 125 signing this live deal. So I don't think you need to wear a whole lot of logos right. on your shirt. You're getting that much money. <laughs> are they are they 72 or 54 hole events? I think they might alternate. I don't know. Cuz that's in, most of them are 54. That's another thing that some of the guys might like is shorter weeks, less travel. Well, that's what we're dealing with here this week in New Jersey. We've got a 54 hole event that starts Friday and honestly, I treated this like a Sunday today. I used the day to travel. I'm sitting here staring at the golf course, but I haven't been on it. It's very rare for me on a Monday night to have not seen the golf course. But I know I've still got my normal three days of preparation getting ready to start. And that does make a difference when you're traveling all over the world. It's nice having a free day every once in a while. So let me ask you a question, Drew. They, this is a 12, 12 tournaments a year? 21. The LAV is 12 tournaments? tournaments a year. I'm sorry. 21 a year is what they they want to have 21 at the end of the day, but they're starting halfway through the year at this point. So I think we have nine on the schedule right now, something like that. Again, I'm not completely up to speed with all the numbers there, but yeah, they'll again we're starting in in June here, so we're not quite you know halfway or we're, we're not quite through our six months. So they'll have the other five months next year, January through through May to add events to that schedule and have, you know, just, just under two dozen. Is it now, is, is, is it going to be every week? There's a tournament every week or, or what? No, for what, live no, or for LPGA? Yeah. The live. The live is not going to be every week and they're going to try to not step on the major schedule, but all the other events, all the other longtime sponsors of all the tours, both the DP world tour and the PGA tour, they, they're not going to worry about them. They're going to let the players decide where they want to go. And so that's, that's the decision guys are going to be faced with in the next few weeks, in the next few years. There's, but there's I was going to tell be you, a... speaking of, you brought up Sam Snead. Jack Nicholas's first check was 33 bucks and 33 cents. <laughs> and he was okay at golf. Yeah, yeah, I would say. So, um, all right, let's, um, let's do this. You, you're you're going to walk your course tonight, or, or you're, you're still driving? How far a drive you got to get? You're Atlantic City. Where oh, are you headed no, up I'm, to? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm here at CV Resort and um, at in Atlantic City, and I'm just staring out at the course. I'm about to go to bed because I slept 13 hours last night, and I woke up yawning. That's how much the U.S. Open will wear you out. Wow! So I'm going to go crash, <laughs> get some sleep, and get to work as soon as the sun comes up here on the Jersey Shore tomorrow morning. That a boy. Well, what what can we do to promote promote your your girl and and the uh, and the LPGA? Hey, we'll we'll evangelize for you there, Drew. I like where you're going. You can you can. Just talk about Bianca and maybe follow her. And then on your show every week, just give a little update, a little Bianca update. Uh, This is what they did. We're going to play this week in Atlantic City. 
We're in Detroit next week, and then we play another major, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Congressional the last week of the month. And then third week of July, we're in Evian, France, playing another major. Wow. We've got a busy schedule coming up, so maybe we'll give you guys something to pay attention to. Oh, Why don't we have her on the show when she wins? That sounds great. Let's uh, let's do this the same time next week. What do you say? (laughs) Oh, I like that. Attaboy, Drew. All right, brother. Hey, safe travels. Have a good night's sleep and go kick some ass this week. Great talking to all you guys. Thanks for having me again. All right, see you, Drew. Hey, Brian Sullivan, Golf Underground, with a little tip for you. If you're looking to buy a new Ford, you have to check out my buddy, Jason Gudenkoff at Lewisburg Ford. They've been saving Midwest Ford buyers thousands of bucks for over 40 years because they do business the right way. They sell everything. Check this out for $50 over invoice. That's simple and cheap. And they win a lot of awards. In fact, they won Ford's President's Award 17 times. That's the top Ford Award. And they only give it to dealers with superior customer satisfaction in sales and service. So they know how to take care of customers better than anybody. Now, what these guys know how to do also, keep this in mind, sell trucks. Lewisburg Ford has sold more F-150s than any other Ford dealership in greater Kansas City. That's two years running. And last year, they were the number one F-150 sales leader in the entire state of Kansas. So, no hassle. $50 over invoice pricing, unparalleled customer satisfaction, and a huge selection. That's a perfect recipe for selling trucks. So, check out all their inventory and prices online at lewisburgford.com. Or give them a call at 816-444-2300. New golf clubs, a big screen TV to watch the U.S. Open, or maybe even a new golf cart that I've got my eye on. No matter how you choose to spend the savings, if you're looking to put a dent in your monthly heating and cooling bills, the answer may be right over your head. If your attic isn't insulated properly, you're missing out on a prime opportunity to cut costs. Call the certified energy experts at Star Companies, Inc., 816-353-2160 for a free estimate to learn how they can help you save money. 816-353-2160 or visit StarCompaniesKC.com. Do you have retirement dreams about perfecting your swing and spending your time on the green? Or maybe you have a bucket list of golf courses you'd like to travel to. Whatever your financial goals are, Mariner Wealth Advisors is your advocate. We take the same care in understanding where you stand today as we do in understanding where you want to be in the future. Then we help you set a personalized plan to help you achieve your long-term vision. Contact Mariner Wealth Advisors today to start your financial planning journey. Visit MarinerWealthAdvisors.com to find a location near you. Mariner Wealth Advisors, otherwise known as MWA, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. For additional information about MWA, including fees and services, please contact MWA or refer to the disclosures on our website. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money. This advertisement should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities. You're better than the best I'm lucky just to linger in your life Cooler than the flip side of my pillow That's Welcome right. back, Golf Underground ESPN Radio. This is Wordo's favorite segment of the program. It's called the... Sheridan's Unforked, Eating Good, Feeling Good, Rapid Fire Questions. Am I ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the new, is there a new Sheridan's down in uh, Brookside? And they have those wraps there, right? No, it's not in Brookside. It's in Westwood, right next to Woodside Nation. 
Wait a second. Where's it at? On Fort. It's next to Wood, it's Woodside. Ne- uh, uh, yes. The health Literally club? right next to it in that apartment complex. You're kidding. Swear to God. Fantastic. So good. By Woodside? What do you get there? What do you not get there? You try everything. You gotta try everything. Yeah, Southern Swag is my favorite. If Turtle wasn't grilling, I'd be heading down there tonight. Yeah, my uh, my wife and kids, they love it too. It's too healthy for me though. It's, but you can sneak in some yeah. stuff. They got no? cheeseburgers. Can you? Are they, were they like, so you good. know, cheeseburgers, impossible burgers or some fruity stuff like that? It's, oh, see, it's that's so a good. I like to... I like to get the grumblies. <laughs> the <know>? grumblies. <laughs> That's how I clean out the colon. So how are you going to do that without the gluten? Just <laughs> order a kale salad then and you'll get it nice and cleaned out. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. You're just going to be very general. Okay. Okay, Wardo, if you had to be a Disney character, which would you be? <laughs> I feel like my game lately has been like Mickey Mouse. So. <laughs> All right. I would say Goofy. <laughs> All right. Um, George, um, if you can have an unlimited unlimited supply of one thing, what would it be? Coors Light. <laughs> okay. uh, I thought he was going to say uh, dude wipes. Uh, I got an unlimited All right, supply Charlie, already. Uh, name the first word that comes to your mind. Don't think. Nose. <laughs> you just looked at your brother. Uh, all right. Um, Harry, what's your least favorite beverage? Oh, really? All right, what's your best? Jaeger. Ugh. All right, Wardo. so gross. Where this applies to you. Where do you go when you want to be alone? This freaking Golf Underground Studios right here. Really? Oh, yeah. You're not alone, by the way. Well, I go here with Bird Nation. A little peanut butter. and. All right. Hey, George. <laughs> I, I, I know the answer to this one. It was going to be, what's the worst thing you've ever eaten from a restaurant? But I know, I know the answer to that. I would say shellfish. It was in Vegas, exactly. Shellfish crabs. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a, a different one, though. Uh, what habit, George, Brett, holds you back the most? Holds me back? What do you mean? Holds you back? like You know, just prevents you from being the best George Brett you could possibly I be. think uh, uh, chewing tobacco. Ah, you know, it haunts me, too. I got to quit. All right. yeah. well, <laughs> I, what happened? I thought you were doing the Zen. I, I do sometimes. I do a lot more Zins than I used to. <laughs> That didn't mean you're doing a lot less chewing tobacco. Well, when I'm doing a Zen, I'm not chewing tobacco. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chewing a tea bag. All right. Hey, guys, we're, we're going to go two more, two more. Um, Charlie, what was your first job? I worked in a pro shop as a kind of a cart boy. What did you like better? Figure that out. Working as a cart boy or working at the Stabes? Uh, the Stabes. It's inside and air conditioning. So did you hear what I told Charlie he should start doing when he goes to Latin America to play in all these tournaments? No. I said, if you're going down, you should always get book a flight on Saturday. They're cheaper than Monday because you never make the freaking cut. <laughs> He's going to this week, Jim. Uh, all right, final question. I actually got off my cut streak this week, George. That a boy. No final, cut at the Watson. Final question to Harry. Harry. How do you plan on being the greatest date that my daughter's ever been on? <laughs> it's such a loaded question. There's so many answers you can use. What's the, how do I be the best? The best date she's ever been on. I'm going to be a true gentleman. Are you going to open the door open for her? Open the door for her, pull out her seat for her. 
<laughs> Pull out her seat. Oh, no, That's no, good. No. <laughs> yeah. Wait a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be a true gentleman. I have a question for Water. Yeah. Yeah. If you were on the PGA Tour right now and you were making, I don't know, Dustin Johnson money, would you go to the Live Tour and why? I haven't studied the Live Tour quite that much, but the security, I don't know. I'd be torn. I don't know if he's going to have the ramifications that we all think. I think he's going to get the best of both worlds at the end of the day. So I think I would go too and take the money. But if he never gets to tee it up on the PGA Tour again, which I highly doubt, then that's a different story. And it may only be a few years. They may be pissed off for a few years. But what about a guy like Ricky Fowler? If you're Ricky Fowler... You Aren't you it. taking that all day, knowing that you don't strike the ball long enough to compete with Straight these guys enough. anymore? You take that cash, right, George? Joe wants him to. And, and to be just honest, wouldn't you? you want yeah. it? Joe wants him to, I guarantee No you. cuts. Think he, of the caddy. But here's the thing. I, I thought there'd be less Kevin Nas going that are kind of in their prime, per se, and more of the... More of the Graham McDowell's Stuart and Schwartzels, yeah. Schwartzel and Adam Scott. I saw Peter Uline's name in there. He's going. Do you so think? I thought it would be kind of a stepping stone to the. But now, like, if you could play, if you're 52 and you can play Live Golf or Senior Tour or PGA Tour Champions, you, you're playing Live Golf. What about the the morality of this decision, Kevin? Well. Knowing the way that they treat their women over there in Saudi Arabia, knowing that they, they cap people. Are all know, the right? events in Saudi Arabia? No, there will be some here. No, but that's where the cash There's money is coming be from, some George. Here? Yes. In the States? Yes. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. This is I um, didn't know that either. It's like yeah. This is like the USFL back in the day. Do you think the PGA tour will have to stop paying people's salaries? I don't know if it'll be salaries, but I think it'll be some sort of advanced pension or you know, something to get them, you know, part their hand in the cookie jar as well. I heard the PGA Tours pension is second to none. It's the best. And now, how does it work? Really. It's every cut made. You you get something, or it's a cuts know. made thing. I think once you get over a threshold, I think it's might be fifty, then a hundred, hundred fifty, and then there's probably a higher point for cuts made. And then I think they cut you in. There's something within the pension on. For these guys that are playing pro ams too, maybe. So, and now that the, the pro I mean, they can make how much a year? If if you're, say, uh, 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 Phil, who's played the tour for thirty years, gotta be thirty years. He's made buku cuts. I mean, what do you think his pension is? I bet it's half. I bet it's over half a million a year. Okay, boy, I think more. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd say I don't. I don't know, but I guarantee you um, that they're paying out. They're paying out pretty good pensions. All right, so um, you being best friends with uh, Woodland, if if he gets that call from Greg Norman, how do you think it goes down? So Greg says, you know, Gare, um, we'd love to have you on, on the live. What 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 do you exactly think he would say to him? I think there'd be a conversation around the economics first and foremost. And then I think from there, I think he'd probably consider it, but he kind of seems like, I don't know. 
He seems like he's an Amer- America's boy and wants to play here in America. So I don't know. I don't know. If I just wish it. they would show him more. They never, ever, ever, ever show, show him. him. Ever. He hasn't earned it lately. I saw him. Well, you know, I talked to uh, Colt Nost one time, and I said, Colt, how come you guys never show Gary Woodland? And he and Colt and Gary They're are great buddies. friends. Yeah. And he says, uh, oh, no, it was Ken, it was uh, McCord, Gary McCord. And he says, CBS, we only like to show major winners. And then he goes out and win, wins a major, and they still don't still show don't him. Show still don't show him. Still don't show him. Yeah. I, I saw him the other day uh, on Thursday or Friday. I turned it on just for a second, and they showed the guy he was playing with putting, and he was in the background. Yeah. That's the only time he got on. Yeah. He gets no props. None. Even when they put you know the little graphics up about the U.S. Open, you don't see Gary's face, right? I mean, it's just like it never happened. He's got to be really frustrated right now. Well, you know, golf is oh, hard. Well. He'll figure it out. Golf is golf hard, is... and he knows where the stable is, and yeah, yeah, and he also knows where Saudi Arabia is. Oh, <laughs> All right, boys, this was fun. Doesn't. This was a nice powwow. The Hillier family. It's nice having you, and it was. I'm sure it was awesome to have mom and dad come into town and make right. sure the kiddos were. We're doing well. I'm sure there were some tears along the way, and we got to see you play. You had a hell of a t- time down at NCAA championships, and so um, I met him when I met him. I took him out to dinner in Arizona. Took the whole family out to dinner. Nice. I had, I had tears in my eyes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Well, you know what? I mean, they're probably worried sick. You're going to marry uh, Shay Sullivan and um, never never go home. You know, you'd be a hell of a son-in-law, though. You and I would, you know, we. Ah, oh, we drink Guinness. Yeah, yeah, you know, wrestle naked. We'll have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this program. Um, if uh, we're organized enough, we'll uh, we'll put another show together. Yeah. Maybe maybe Charles Barkley. You yeah, said you just I'm text, text him. him. I'll text him. All right. And just say, well, he's working the NBA playoffs, right? Yeah. So when's that over? I don't, I've never. I, I don't watch it. I don't it's watch it. It's a little too political. I'll text get him, him on the show. Two it's weeks, too political. Probably. Yeah. And we, hey, we, we, I'll when text we him, we just say, hey, heads up. I'll send him the, uh, tell him the name of the show. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure he listens to podcasts. And I'll say, hey, you know, why don't you go on, listen to a show when you're bored. And um, if you want to come on our show, we'd love to have you. It'd you just great. tell us when, when, and, uh, when you want to do it. Well, and he did the, uh, the match, you know, the one with Aaron Rodgers. I didn't see any of that. Mahomes and, and, uh, Barkley was a, a color commentating. Right. He should be doing every golf match on TV. Maybe Live Golf's going to sign. He up. was so funny. It was, I enjoyed every word out of his mouth. I'm telling you, we would love to have him. So. He's quite the entertainer, isn't he? Oh, see, he just has fun with life. You right. Know? That's how you do it. All right, so come on back. Give me a listen to the Golf Underground ESPN Radio. Cold.